Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill. Thanks so much for being patient with us this week. We had our boss in town, our, our big boss, and so uh, we had a lot going on. Uh, but finally, we were able to bring you Stacking the Box. And, of course, next week we'll be back on Monday to get you more podcast love on time. But for now, we're not even going to worry about breaking down preseason games or previewing them or anything like that because, frankly, at this point, while week three is the, the most important, if you want to look at it that way, it's still the preseason. And there haven't been a ton of major storylines to look at. You could talk about the quarterback some. I think that probably is the main one. But beyond that, luckily, there haven't been a lot of injuries. You know, there haven't been a lot of major revelations. So we're going to have a little fun on this podcast. We are going to break down the 2018 NFL regular season win totals, the over-unders. I'm going to go through all 32 teams in alphabetical order. We're using Odd Shark. And we will give, each of us will give a quick over-under and why. We're going to spend about one to two minutes on each team. And we're going to roll right through. So, Mr. Hill, we will start with the Arizona Cardinals, who are tied for the lowest over-under win total in the league. They sit at five and a half. They went eight and eight last year. Would you take the over or under on Arizona? Well, I mean, I, I would go with the. I'll take the under on Arizona for that five and eleven season. I can see that happening because we don't know what's going to go on with the quarterback situation. You don't know. Josh Rosen's looked all right in the preseason. God knows if he's going to start. Sam Bradford's made a glass, but he's useful when he's healthy. <laughs> but if that, that that show ever gets to the Mike Glennon show, oh, hard under on the five and a half. But five and eleven, I can see that. I'm taking the under. Okay. Well, yeah, if it gets to the Mike Glennon show, I would take the under on three, okay? I'm going to take the over, and here's why. I think the start of their season is very palatable. They, they mm. face Washington at home week one. Then they're on the road to the Rams, tough game. Then they come home, they play the Bears and the Seahawks. They play the AFC West this year, but I think the Cardinals are going to be better than people think. I don't think they're a playoff mm. team. I'll be upfront about that, but I do think the Cardinals are, are decent I think they've got good offensive weapons. If David Johnson's back, look, they can't be worse than they were last year at quarterback. They didn't have David Johnson last year, and they still won eight games. 
I do think that division is slightly better, although I think Seattle's worse. So I see Arizona as a six to seven win team. And so I'm going to take the over on that. Uh, although I do think that the quarterback situation could submarine him. If, if Rosen's not ready, and he better be because Bradford's going to get hurt. Yeah. If he's not ready, then I'm concerned. But I'm, I'm going to take the over for right now. Yeah. So the Atlanta Falcons. Last year, 10-6, and six, made the playoffs, won a, won a wild card game over the Rams, then lost to the Eagles in a very close game. The Eagles almost saw their playoff run end before it started, and of course, on the hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. This year, their over-under is nine wins even. They are middle of the pack in terms of the over-unders. Would you take the over, or would you take the under on Hotlanta? I'll go over on that. I can see them winning at least 10 games this year just because they're going to play the Buccaneers twice. They're going to play the Panthers twice, and it very well could be four wins right there because we don't know what Carolina's offense is going to look like, and that Atlanta defense seems to be getting better and better. Everybody's talking about Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and now Calvin Ridley, and you got a couple of good running backs there, but that defense has very slowly gotten better since that Super Bowl year, and you got a lot of stars developing on that side of the ball. Unless we forget that Dan Quinn's a defensive mind, the head coach. He's really kind of the evolution of the Legion of Boom. He's taken that to Atlanta. And I think that's going to be a big storyline that, that we watch this year. And I see that all resulting in more than nine wins. Ten at the very least, because Atlanta's going to win that division. It's going to be New Orleans, and it's going to be Atlanta battling it out. And I think Atlanta comes out ahead. And if you are playing New Orleans for that division, you're going to need at least ten to get that, maybe 11. So I'm going over. Yeah, I, I agree. All the the, the uh, sneaking the division title in there. I, I think they're going to be in, the, in a battle with New Orleans as well. Like, I'm going to also take the over. I think Atlanta is underrated. I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to them because obviously Philly's Super Bowl champion. The Rams have made so many big moves. So I think that they're not the second. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Best team in the world, but the Falcons are loaded. Mm -hmm. The Falcons, you could make an argument the Falcons 1 through 53 are the best roster in the NFL. They are really talented. I think they're the fastest defense in the league. They've got a ton of weapons. My only concern with Atlanta is the beginning of this season, their schedule is rough. They mm. are at Philly to start the entire season on that Thursday night. Then they do play three at home, Carolina, New Orleans, and Cincinnati. But Carolina New Orleans not going to be easy, even though they're in Atlanta. And then they're at Pittsburgh. Mm. So they got a rough – and then at the end of the year, three of their last four games on the road, Green Bay, Carolina, Tampa. Um, I do think they'll go over. I do think they're a 10 or 11 win team. But that schedule, mostly because of the division they play in, uh, not going to be easy. That is a very, very good, tough, competitive division. So I'll take the over, but uh, ever so slightly. So let's go to our first AFC team, and it is the Baltimore Ravens. Last year they went 9-7, and seven, and if it wasn't for a miracle play at the end of the Week 17 game against Cincinnati, they would have made the playoffs. Alas, they did not. And... Vegas is not a believer. Vegas has their win total at eight. So maybe Vegas not quite sure what to make of the Ravens or just thinks they're merely an average team. At eight wins, what say you, Mr. Hill, over, under? It's slightly over. I think nine and seven gets it done in the AFC North this year. And I've already said I think that the Ravens are going to win that division. I don't think that Pittsburgh has what it takes to keep going 
another season with the wheels so wobbly. I mean, it's been how many years where we're like, this is it. This is where the wheels come off. This is where Tomlin loses the locker room, or this is where Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt, and then it's the Mason Rudolph show, or whoever they got behind him. It's We never know what's going on with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. If he has an Amari Cooper type of year where he kind of disappears a little bit, which might not happen because he's the best wide receiver in football, but you never know. There's so many things that can go wrong with, with Pittsburgh, which that then lowers the bar for what's needed to win in the AFC North. And, you know, you're talking about the schedule and starting strong and stuff. Baltimore's got Buffalo, Cincinnati, Denver, their first three games. Could easily be 3-0. 3-0. And then you've got a game at Pittsburgh. So then if you're going at 3-0 into a game at Pittsburgh and you win that game and you're 4-0 to start the year and you already have a notch against Pittsburgh, that's big. Harbaugh is going to be coaching for his job this year. That's going to be a narrative. We're going to get to Halloween, and it's either going to be, I don't know, this might be the last year that we're going to talk about the way we've been talking about Marvin Lewis for years, where it's like they're going to amicably come to a split at the end of the year, or it's going to be, all right, Harbaugh's finally figured this out. The powers have shifted in the AFC North, and the Ravens are back for at least one more run. And I'll throw in one final variable here, because people are going to look at this when they look at the over-unders. Lamar Jackson. Don't consider him in your over-unders. This is the Joe Flacco show, and that's important because Joe Flacco is playing for his next contract. He's not going to be in Baltimore next year. He's not going to be the quarterback. It's going to be Lamar Jackson's team in 2019. Flacco's a smart guy. He knows he's got another contract in him. He knows there's going to be teams out there that are going to want a veteran, former Super Bowl winner. So he's going to be playing it lights out this year, at least trying to. And that's something that you can't discount when looking at what the Ravens, like the stars are aligning here for Baltimore, and I really like it. So it's, I'm, I'm taking the over. I'm with you on all counts. Uh, I think the Ravens are a slight over nine to ten wins. I don't think the Ravens have the greatest talent on the face of the earth, but I agree with you. Harbaugh is coaching for his job. And by the way, when the, la- the last time that Joe Flacco was playing for a contract, he went lights out and won the Super Bowl. Okay, he's been terrible since, but he went lights out and won the Super Bowl. Their schedule is not that daunting because that division is not that daunting. Baltimore gets Cincinnati and Cleveland for a quarter of their schedule. Yeah, we'll get to Cincinnati in a moment. I have a feeling Josh and I are going to be in lockstep on that as well. <laughs> okay, they open up with Buffalo at home. They got Denver at home. You're right. The only really tough stretch of the season is in the early part of December at Atlanta, at Kansas City, home to your Bucks, then at the Chargers. So three, on the, three out of four on the road against three teams that could or should make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have a nice stretch where weeks 9 through 12, they're home for all four of those games. Now, they have week 10 bye, but they're home for the three games surrounding it, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Oakland. So I, I agree, and I think Baltimore could very well win the division. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with Pittsburgh, and we'll get to that. But uh, I concur. I think Baltimore is an over. I will say this, though, if I was a betting man, I don't know if I'd bet it. Yeah. I don't know if I'd bet it because I, I could see a push, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll leave it at that. Going over to Baltimore's first week opponent, the Buffalo Bills, who frankly, when I opened this up, I expected they would have the lowest <laughs> over on there. They did, but they are at six. Last year, everybody and their mother was betting the under on the Bills, mm-hmm. and the Bills went to the playoffs for the first time since 1999, so you never can tell with these things. Their win total uh, last year, nine and seven. This year, again, Vegas puts them at a half dozen. So, Josh, I'll lead off again. Uh, would you take the over or the under with the Bills? Uh, six is a really good number for Buffalo. I don't think we're going to have a repeat of last year. They're not getting back to the playoffs, especially because they gutted a lot of the things on that team that, that helped make, get them to the playoffs. Tyrod Taylor's in Cleveland now. You got questions on defense. You don't really know what's going on. New offensive coordinator and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to go the under on this one. 
I think that we see more of Josh Allen this year than we maybe thought we were going to, and it's not going to be pretty. Now, that's not an indictment saying that he it's, you're going to be betting the under for the next five years because Josh Allen's going to be in charge. It's going to be, I think, a Mitchell Trubisky situation where you bring in the rookie quarterback, you let him make his mistakes, it's whatever. We all kind of expect the Buffalo to maybe screw this up and rush him in, but it seems like it's going to be happening. So let's just let's watch how this plays out. And because of that, you have to take the under on this. And again, the schedule. <laughs> I mean, they have a really, really rough start to the season. Baltimore, Los Angeles, the Vikings, the Packers, they play in Minnesota and in Green Bay in back-to-back weeks. Now, look, they could shock the world again like they did last year, where everybody's counting them out, and they go in and they beat Green Bay and Lambeau, and then they go to Minnesota and they beat the Vikings. That would be stunning to me <laughs> if Josh Allen goes in there and gets that done. But it's things like that. That's why I'm taking the under, because the schedule is a lot harder this year. Josh Allen's going to be running that offense. And I don't necessarily believe in Sean McDermott as a head coach. I need to see a little bit more. Because even when they were going to the playoffs last year, he had no idea what he was doing with his quarterback situation. He started Nathan Peterman, and they almost missed the playoffs because of that. So that all, all of that is a concoction for taking the under. Uh, I agree. Look, I wrote a piece on Fansided a while back that is almost at this point, I think, legend in the office. That Josh Allen will be an inaccurate bust. Um, and Josh Allen, like, I am somebody who I will change my opinion week to week based on what I see. He's played well in the preseason. I don't think he's been great, but he's been better than I thought he would be. Uh, and, and I'm rooting for the kid. I'm, you know, I have nothing against Josh Allen or Buffalo. I'm glad to be wrong if I am. Um, but I still do have question marks. And, I, and, and beyond Allen, I just have a lot of question marks about the roster. Mm-hmm. They lost a lot off their offensive line. Rich yeah. Incognito is gone. Uh, Cordy Glenn is gone. Eric Wood is gone. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is a ton. They didn't add to a wide receiving core or tight end. Who last year, the Bills had fewer yards than any other team in the league when it came to their tight ends and their receivers. So I just don't see it. I don't think the division's great if, if you want to take heart in that, Buffalo. I, I do think they can win some games in that division. I don't think they're going to be like a one or two win team, but I would take the under. I'd bank on them being about a four to five win team. I just think it's going to be tough for them. And if Allen plays, and it looks like he's going to look, even if he's good, it's just he's a rookie. He's going to have his ups and downs. He's going to throw a lot of picks. It's the way he plays. Uh, so I would take the under. Going back to the NFC South for the second time, Carolina Panthers, they are not getting a lot of respect around the NFL world. They mm-hmm. won 11-5 last year. They were a very good team. But this year, their win total, nine. Uh, and so obviously, even with Atlanta – and we'll get to the Saints later and the Bucks later. But even with the Falcons at nine, do you take the over or the under for the Panthers? <clears throat> it's tough with the Panthers because I'm taking the under. I just want to establish that. But I'm taking the under knowing full well that they're probably going to go 12-4 and four this year because that's just what happens with Riverboat Ron. You count them out. Even that year they went 15-1 and one, went to the Super Bowl. It was like, this isn't a real team. Went for the shoe to drop. It dropped in the Super Bowl. But, hey, but I'm looking at the schedule, and I just don't see as many lock wins that I that I would want to. Cleveland, yeah, maybe that's a win. The Bucks, maybe they split because it's a, that's always a weird thing. That's two wins. But I mean, you take a look at the Cowboys, like do you really believe with 
you're putting money on the line. Do you believe that the Panthers are going to host the Cowboys and win that game? You don't know. And that's the problem with betting for or against Carolina is you just never know what you're going to get. Eight and eight seems reasonable to me. I'm good. I would put a very small dollar amount on taking the under, but eight and eight seems like a natural progression for this team because North Turner's there. We don't know what the offense is going to look like. We don't know what the running backs are going to look like with North Turner. We don't know, most importantly, what Cam Newton's going to look like. So I, I'm taking the under. I wouldn't bet a lot of money on it, but that seems to be where this is going to go. I wouldn't touch it. Uh, and if we were in the business of being absolutely as accurate as possible, and of course we would try to be, but I would take a push. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to take a push because that's lame. So I'm, I'm going to go slightly under, so I guess we join the rest of the world that's underrated the Panthers. I wouldn't touch that bet with it. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. 10-foot pole. Mm-mm. I don't know what I have in Carolina. Here's why I'm taking the under, though. The secondary is very suspect. Thomas Davis has suspended the first four games of the year. Luke Keekley has been dealing with concussions uh, the last couple of seasons. And he's healthy right now, but you're always one hit away, especially at the middle linebacker position. Offensively, I like that they drafted DJ Moore. I don't like that he got it pulled over for going 120 miles an hour in a work zone. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think, is a very good player, but Greg Olson's getting older. And frankly, I've never been a huge fan of Cam Newton. I, I think he's an incredible athlete. He's got a great deep ball, but there are times he just misses throws he has to make. But more than anything, I'm taking the under because I just like the Falcons and the Saints more. And I know that there were three teams that made the playoffs last year in that division, but that has never happened twice since the realignment in 2002. And never happened twice in a row, I should say. I just, I think I have to pick one of those teams to drop off. And out of the three, I don't like their roster as much as Atlanta and New Orleans. Not to say Carolina's not a good team. If Carolina was in the West, I'd pick them to win it. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know that they're going to be able to have that success again. So... Speaking of teams uh, in the NFC that you, you don't really have a great feel for, at least in my opinion, the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Last year they won five games. But this offseason they added a ton. They went out and they got Matt Nagy to replace John Fox as their head coach. And, of course, they added Trey Burton and they added uh, Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel all on the offense trying to bolster that unit. The preseason they've looked lackluster so far, but it's only preseason. Six and a half is the win total for the Bears in what should be a very good division, although they are greatly improved. So where does that leave you? Six and a half over or under? I'm taking the under. I see about five wins for the Bears, and early too, because they play the Seahawks week two, and the Seahawks are terrible on defense because they gutted that entire unit. They were getting old anyways, but they weren't that great weird last year. Weird to say that now. Yeah. You know, they've been great defensive so long, but you're right. Yeah, it's true. It, it, it's weird that we live in that world now. But you also, week two, you talk about new head coach, Matt Nagy coming in. They're going to be throwing things at teams that they're not expecting, that they're not game planning for. So Matt Nagy's a good head coach. He's got Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. He's got Mitchell Trubisky. He's got, you know, Taylor Gabriel and Allen Robinson, some weapons that we haven't really seen in the same offense before. He's going to be throwing things around. That Seahawks game seems like a game that they could maybe win. Maybe the Cardinals, they get two in a row. They'll split, I think, with the Lions. 
I don't know what the Packers uh, secondary is going to look like, but they get they they host Green Bay at Soldier Field later in the year. I could see maybe that turning into a game that they steal, but I don't see them getting to more than six wins. I barely see them getting to five, and I definitely don't see them getting to seven. So it's it's an under here, but that's not a bad thing because the Bears they'll improve this year. They'll still win only about four or five games, get another high draft pick, and now you've got a nice piece to go in there. And then next year we're having a different conversation, and maybe the, the over-under is a little lower, and I'm like, hey, I do see him winning six games. This year, not so much. Man, I, you know, I really looked at them all season. I wasn't alone in this. Uh, I looked at them and said, and they could be the Rams of this year, where mm-hmm. and they kind of come out of nowhere, second-year quarterback, new mm-hmm. head coach, offensive-minded, younger guy, so on and so forth. I've watched all the preseason games, um, I'm ashamed to admit, but I got to say, Trubisky has not looked good in these games. Now, that's not to say he won't be fine in the regular season, but Mm -hmm. he's looked bad. There have been times in these games where he looks like he's lost, and I think he's just going through learning Matt Nagy's offense, which is Andy Reid's offense. That is a very complicated system, Mm -hmm. extremely complicated, and I just wonder... Everybody's expecting so much out of the Bears this year. I am sliding the other direction now. And not, you know, I know we've pretty much made all the same picture except for Arizona, but hey, it is what it is. Six and a half, I'm going under. Uh, not by much. I think they're probably going to be better six and 10 team. Two reasons. One, I, I don't trust Trubisky. I just don't. He doesn't look good. You know, and Taylor Gabriel and Trey Burton were very good as ancillary pieces where they were. That, that's different than being the main guys where you are now. And I know Allen Robinson's number one guy there. I get it. But Gabriel and Burton are not going to be expected to put up 300, 400 yards. They're going to be expected to contribute heavily. And if they don't do that, uh, there's going to be a major, major disappointment in the Windy City. I'm going to go under just because the division's rough and I don't trust the quarterback. Another team, a Midwestern team, that has a six and a half total, the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, boy. Six and a half. Went seven and nine last year. But not getting much love from Vegas. Now, the Bengals, as per their usual in the offseason, not doing a ton. They didn't go out in free agency and add any big-time names. They were pretty quiet. Uh, this is Marvin Lewis's uh, 39th year at the helm. He's still <laughs> looking for pre- uh, postseason win number one. Andy Dalton, of course, leading the way. What say you? Six and a half on the Queen City Bengals. I'll go over on the six and a half. I see him getting at least seven. So, because the, the AFC North is going to be really rocky this year, I don't. I have no faith that it's going to be, and it really hasn't ever been a division like the NFC South or what the you know the uh, NFC West was for a little bit when you had Arizona, San Francisco, and Seattle all kind of clicking at the same time. The AFC North has always been dumbed down versions of that, to lack of a better term. But like, it's always been nine and seven gets there, ten wins gets there. Maybe you're lucky if you get to eleven. And that's why the Bengals have always been able to stick around, and that's why Marvin Lewis still has a job. Because you haven't had that one year where it's like you finish with three wins, you finish in last place, you got no hope, guys are giving up in week four, week five. You know, you get to November and people aren't going to the games anymore. That hasn't really happened in Cincinnati, and it's because they have good fans, and it's also because the team has always been in it. And that's true of everybody in the AFC North except the Browns. But... That's why it's very hard to look at them and say, oh, they're definitely going to lose, or they're definitely not going to win more than six games. So I'm, take, I'm taking the over on this one. But not by much. I'll preface it by not by much. It's maybe seven, but... 
I so badly want to take the under here. For Bengals fans' welfare, which sounds odd, but if they went under and they went 5 for 5 and 11, 6 and 10, they would finally probably have to fire Marvin Lewis. Mm-hmm. But Marvin Lewis won't die. <laughs> and he's not going to go down easy this year either. Nope. I think they're going to be about an 8 and 8 team. Okay, I think Vegas is underselling them a little bit. I don't think the division's any good. I mm-hmm. think their schedule's easy. If you look at their schedule, it's not rough at all. They open up at the Colts on the road, which should be a win, even though it's away from home. I'm going to take the over, and I'm not happy about it because that <laughs> means Marvin Lewis can get like a 30-year extension, and they're just going to keep trucking with their mediocrity and their nonsense. Uh, but I'm with you. I think, I think they're going to be third in the, in the division. I think they're just going to kind of hang around a little bit, and – I think at the end of the day, you know, like, oh, look, Cincinnati, they're picking 13th again, and that's probably where we're mm-hmm. at with them. I hate to say it, and I don't mean to offend any Bengals fans listening, but they're just kind of a boring team. There's nothing sexy about them, except I think A.J. Green is criminally underrated. Beyond that, I just, what is, like, when you think about the Bengals, what do you think mm-hmm. about? Think about Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis. Could there be a more boring combo at the power positions in the NFL? I don't think so. So, staying in the state of Ohio. The Cleveland Browns. Buckle up. <laughs> Look out. Five and a half wins is the total. Tied with Arizona for the lowest. Of course, not to tell you, they went on 16 last year. Would you take the over? Are the Browns going to improve by at least six wins this year? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. You would be crazy to bet the over on this one. I mean, looking at their schedule... There's a couple of wins I see them. I see them maybe getting three. They're not going to go 0-16 again. That's not going to happen. I see them getting, I think the over-under should be three, maybe three and a half to see where you can get there because week one against the Steelers, they played them tough last year and almost won that game. And we just talked about, and maybe we see talk about more when we get to Pittsburgh. I don't know what that team's going to look like this year. I mean, they got eviscerated by the Jaguars in the playoffs. Like, I don't know what that does to a team mentally that wasn't in a good place to begin with. If the Browns are going to come out of the gate, if they're going to start maybe Baker Mayfield, whatever, there's going to be things on that team that you're not game planning for. Jarvis Landry's there now. You've got a, a slew of great running backs or potentially interesting running backs. I shouldn't say great right away. But that week one game against the Steelers is very interesting to me. And also, I mean, they play in week six. They play the Chargers, who they got their only win in the last two years against. Who they'll somehow beat. Who they'll somehow beat. But every time. If the first win doesn't come against the Steelers, circle week four in Oakland. That I could very much see happening. That's, you know, John Gruden going out there. I don't know about that. If I'm a Raiders fan, I'm a little bit nervous about the Browns coming over because everybody's going to pick the Raiders. Nobody's going to pick the Browns, especially because we have this whole stigma about teams going out west and not being able to play in different time zones and this crap. Can you imagine John Gruden is the first win of the season for the Cleveland they Browns? They might have to fire him and, and just pay the $95 million in a buyout. Um, okay, I'm with you again. We're going to have to start uh, mixing them up here a little bit as you and I have been in, uh, on the same page the last seven teams. Look, I, I don't know how you bet the offense. I really don't. Like, has anyone seen Hugh Jackson in hard knocks? If anyone's watched that, my God, anyone who bets the over is a brave soul. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson has no idea what's going on at any point in time. Sideline, practice, meeting room, just driving around in his car. I, it, I've never seen a head coach. And now, granted, I'm not around all of them every day, but I've, I've been at some training camps and I've seen the hard knocks and whatnot. And listen, I got an up-close look at Rex Ryan for years. I used to go to Jets training camp every year and watch them and get a feel for them. 
Hugh Jackson is the most lost individual I've ever seen. That roster has some talent on it. The problem is everybody gets so excited because they added Tyrod, mm-hmm. or Tyrod, however you want to pronounce it, and Jarvis Landry and those guys. And that's all fine. But you're going from 0-16. And let's be real. Taylor is not a bad quarterback, but he's not a guy who you say, wow, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to he's gonna get them to 10 wins. He's not like that at Aaron Rodgers' day's team. So I'm taking the under. I don't even think it's all that close. I don't think they're going winless again, but I don't think they're winning five games. I think they're probably going to be a three or four win team, and I, we can move on. Well, I would say, yes. to, to wrap it up with, with the Browns, because I'm trying to find where their wins are going to be. And if I'll it take doesn't happen. three against the Jets at home on a Thursday night. That's a good one. The other one that I would circle that I would almost guarantee that they're going to win is Week 15 at Denver, because I don't think the Broncos are going to be playing for anything at that point. At Denver. At Denver. Denver. Oh, my God. In the altitude. So The chief fan of me wants Paxton Lynch to start that game. (laughs) He'd win that game. It'd be unbelievable. (laughs) Um, You know what? uh, While we're on it, if I had to pick wins for them, I could see them Week 1 against Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And not because I don't want to go over the top of Pittsburgh. Look, we both think they're going to disappoint, but I don't want to make it out against Pittsburgh on 3-13. It's Week 1. It's at home, mm-hmm. and week one's always weird. It is yep. always weird. And by the way, last year they, they put up a pretty good game against Pittsburgh week mm-hmm. one. Like week one, teams are filming each other. It's always strange. I also, by the way, I could see them beating the Bengals week 16. Ooh, that's good. I, I could see them beating the Jets week three. And you know what? I could always throw a weird game. Listen, the Chargers should never lose them in a million years, but I could see the Chargers going in there and, and finding some asinine way to lose the game. Okay. My Chiefs playing week nine in Cleveland. I don't think the Chiefs will lose, but as a Chiefs fan, I, I fully expect <laughs> that game to come down to the final two minutes. Okay, so we'll move on. We'll get rolling here. The Dallas Cowboys at eight and a half over under Cowboys. Hmm. Under. I don't think the Cowboys are for real. Like, come on. This is, to me... I haven't seen enough of Dak Prescott without Ezekiel Elliott to believe that they're not going to be forced into becoming a one-dimensional team. And Zeke Elliott's a great running back, and he's going to win you some games. He's going to get you a great field position. He's going to do what he needs to do. But he is not the type of player that is going to be able to carry the team. We haven't seen that with any of these running backs that have come out, which is why I'm so interested in people fawning over Saquon Barkley as though he's going to you know, make a return of the great G-men. I don't, first of all, yeah, Penn State running backs have a real great history of doing great in the NFL. So there's that. Where Thomas says hello. Right? And then also, I have no idea what you, these rookie running backs. Leonard Fournette had a great defense. You look at Ezekiel Elliott that first year, nobody knew what Dak Prescott was going to be about. And you're anticipating the Giants having a bounce back year with Saquon. So the the mold is there to say, okay, the running back is going to be able to carry the team. But this is the Cowboys. They have no defense. We have Travis Fredrickson. We don't know what's going on. Or Fredericks, we don't have no idea what's going on with his health. Yeah, he's sick. So there's that. The offensive line was a little suspect anyways because it's kind of up and down. It was the strongest point of the team at some points last season. But Prescott wasn't able to do anything offensively with the time that he was given in the pocket. Now he doesn't have Des Bryant there. He doesn't have as many weapons as he does. Jason Witten's gone. There's a lot going on there that makes me nervous if I'm a Cowboys fan. And it all begins and ends with Jason Garrett's the head coach. Jerry Jones is the owner. And as long as they're on national television and the stadium's filled with fans that are paying, doesn't matter if they're rooting for the Cowboys, nobody's going to care. So I'm taking the under with the Cowboys. I'll be real quick because I know we're already at a half hour and uh, <laughs> we're nine teams in. But uh, I'm going under. And I would hit the under so hard I would break the screen. I, <laughs> I will. Here's my hot take for this podcast. 
they will be competing for a top five pick mm. come December. They stink. They are not good. And the only reason this line's eight and a half is because Vegas knows the Dallas fans are all over the place and they'll bet the over because they'll bet mm-hmm. with their hearts and not their heads. If, if this roster was Arizona, they'd be a six-win under over. Oh, yeah. over. They're not good. Prescott's a decent quarterback, but he regressed last year. Elliott's terrific, but you don't know if Zach Martin's going to be healthy. He's got a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Travis Frederick, we have no idea what's going on with him. He's got a disease right now that he's working through. Should be okay, but he's mm-hmm. going to be out for a little while. And their defense does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Eric does nothing for me. That division's going to be better this year. Count me out on Dallas. I'm hitting the under big time. We move on. Denver Broncos won 5-11 last year. Changed quarterbacks. Add Case Keenum. Their line now is seven. Do you take the under or the over in the mile high city? <laughs> I'm taking the under. Big time I'm taking the under. There's no way that they're going to get the seven wins. That I mean, it, look, Case Keenum was great with the great defense, but that other shoe dropped hard. They slapped that other shoe onto the field in the NFC Championship game when it mattered the most, and we saw a lot of flaws. And already this preseason, we've seen a, we've not seen anything that has excited us. Like Keenum comes in, he's all right, but not great. Lynch comes in, he's terrible. There's just nothing there for that team. Pains me to say it as a Chief fan. I was gonna take the Broncos as a as a wild card mm-hmm. team. Uh, or at least fighting for a spot. And then I was reminded by watching the preseason that Vance Joseph still coaches his team. And I can't get past it. I cannot, every time I watch him, I'm just baffled at how he's still a head coach in the NFL, how he ever was a head coach. And then, then I see John Elway and it reminds me. <laughs> okay, and then I see Paxton Lynch and I'm again reminded of John Elway. Uh, I am also taking the under. I am not going under by far. I think it's about 6-10. and 10. I do think Keenum's an upgrade over anything. They had a quarterback last year, but not upgrade enough to help them in that division, which I think has two... Very intriguing teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll leave it at that until we get there. The Lions, seven and a half. Went nine and seven last year. Vegas says seven and a half for the boys of Motown. Over under. I'll take the over. I think eight and eight's a reasonable projection for the Lions this year. Patricia's in town. They're kind of revamping the offense a little bit. Matthew Stafford is criminally underrated when you talk about elite quarterbacks. Get him in the last three minutes of a close game in the fourth quarter, and I'm betting on him every single time because he usually pays off. He usually comes through and helps them win. The problem is that the Lions just aren't that great of a team overall. So, And I don't know what kind of a head coach Matt Patricia is going to be, which is the ultimate X factor because, again, we talk about we Saquon Barkley and Penn State running backs. How many ex-Patriots coordinators have gone on to become sex, uh, successful head coaches? Uh, not many. And I, I, will, I will take the under, though. I will take the Ooh, under uh, slightly. And I'm usually bullish on the Lions for whatever reason. Uh, I'm just not. I don't trust Patricia. I don't trust this. They can never run the ball, mm-hmm. ever. I know everybody yeah. who's a draft nick loves carry on, carry Johnson. on Johnson. That's fine. Just call me when, he, when he's good. Because <laughs> until that, you know, everybody loved Theo Riddick coming out of college, too. And I'm still waiting for Theo Riddick <laughs> to show up. Uh, I, I just don't trust him. I never trust him. I think Stafford's criminally underrated. He's a great player, but it doesn't matter because the team stinks. Mm. Uh, defensively, I think they're okay. But you know they're they're always they're always good against against really top end talent. They give up like 500 yards in a game that they should win. Uh, I'm going to take the under, not by much. Uh, I think seven and nine, and I wouldn't be shocked if they went over. But I'm going to stick at seven uh, seven and nine for Detroit. 
Staying in the North, the Green Bay Packers, seven wins last year. Of course, we all know what happened. Aaron Rodgers went down, and Brett Hundley came in, and mm-hmm. hopes went out the window. This year, one of the highest over-unders in the league at 10. Obviously, Vegas uh, correcting for Aaron Rodgers being back and being healthy. What do you think? At 10 wins over-under. It's lame to say push, so I'm not going to say it like you said. 10 wins seems very reasonable for it the does. Packers this year because that defense has so many questions in the secondary. If those two young guys that they took in the draft pan out to be anything more than decent, they're going to be fine. But if they get into a game with the Vikings, with the Chiefs maybe, you know, or somebody, an offense like that, it's going to be bad news because that secondary is just garbage. We don't know what's there. Aaron Rodgers, he's going to win you at least nine games because he's Aaron Rodgers. And I would say, arguably, he will win you enough games to get into the playoffs because throughout his career, he's done that. But he's only been to one Super Bowl. And the reason for that is there's not a good team around him. And defensively, I think this is one of the worst units that they've had to deal with. Mike Pettin's there, so we're going to see what he's doing as defensive coordinator. But there's a lot of moving pieces here that make me uneasy. I'm going to go over just because of the Aaron Rodgers factor. 11-5, and five, a bounce-back year. Maybe the Vikings take a step back with Kirk Cousins. We don't know what that's going to be about. But I would not confidently take the over on the Packers, which may be a sign down the road here where we're reaching the end of this prime era for Rodgers. If I could, I'd push. I'm with you. Pressed, I take the over because I, I believe that the NFL's quarterback league. Yeah. And, and he's arguably the best quarterback in football. So... I'm taking the over as well. Um, I look at that division and I see two teams in Chicago and Detroit that aren't pushovers but just mm. aren't quite there yet. And I see Minnesota and everything in my, my being says, hey, Minnesota, they got a great roster. And then I say to myself, if those two teams play each other, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, mm. I don't know. But I'm going to take the over. I think they're both playoff teams. Green Bay, give me 11 wins for the Packers. Uh, that's where I stand on that. We go back to the AFC for three straight teams in the AFC South. The Houston Texans went 4-12 and last year. They were looking good. They were riding high. Deshaun Watson was like a superstar. And then he gets hurt in a practice, tears his ACL for the second time in his life. Enter Tom Savage. Good night. So, Houston is 8.5. They are getting a decent amount of love from Vegas. They were 4 and 12 last year, although, again, so many injuries. Mm-hmm. Eight and a half on Houston. Are you buying the hype or are you going over? Uh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go nine, at least nine wins for Houston. But it's, again, it's not confident because it, it's, it's a house of cards that's going to fall apart if J.J. Watt gets hurt. Deshaun Watson, like you said, it's the second time he's torn his ACL in his career. So that's something that you, have, you really have to take into account here. But you look at the middle of their schedule, the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Redskins, the Browns, the Jets. Those are games that I think if the, if the Texans are playing competently, they're going to win. And I don't, I'm not saying Deshaun Watson is going to come back and he's going to be you know, Adrian Peterson when he bounced back from his ACL injury and be in an MVP conversation. They're, you know, rookie, sophomore slumps that happen. But I think that there's enough there where nine wins you can confidently say – I can if the team stays healthy. If they don't get there, then Bill O'Brien's got to go. <laughs> like you've got talent there for nine wins. Bill O'Brien should have been gone last year, and it would have helped them to be even better this season. But that being said, we've talked about that in nauseam. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the over here. If the Texans are healthy, I think they might be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Ooh. I, think AFC, I think they're really good. Um, they're loaded on both sides. The only the only thing, and this is a huge thing, which is why to me the AFC is as wide open as any conference I can ever remember. 
Their offensive line is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Like this, it's not average. It's not decent. It is god awful. Like you can make an argument it's the worst line of football, and I get it. Watson, he's he's a guy who can get out of the pocket. He's mobile. He's also a guy who has two torn ACLs in his career and really isn't looking for a third one. The other question I have is JJ Watt: Is he healthy? Because when he's healthy and he's him, that defense is a whole different ball of wax. When he's not, they're not nearly as dynamic up front. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you hit the nail on the head. A lot of injury concerns on this team. Watts went to two ACLs. Watt hasn't been healthy in three seasons. Merciless coming off a torn pec. Clowney's hurt all the time. Tyron Matthews hurt all the time. I'm taking the over, but I wouldn't. I, and I think they're Super Bowl caliber if they're healthy. Yeah. But I wouldn't touch it if I was a better because they are just hurt all the time. And so that's something I'm worried about. Now, another, speaking of a team that has injury issues and you don't know where they stand, the Colts, they went 4-12 and last year. Their line is 6.5, not quite the roster Houston has. Andrew Luck, though, back. He's looked very good. He's looked healthy. Do you take the over or the under on the Colts at 6.5? Uh, under. I just I haven't seen enough. I need I need, a, I need a Andrew Luck to come back. Frank Wright is the head coach. I think he's the right he's the right choice that they made. I think they lucked into him. No pun intended in getting out of Josh McDaniels. But I I have to take the under until I legitimately see something that's going to change my mind. And I don't see it yet. I'll be brief. Under uh, that defense is going to change lives and not <laughs> yeah. in a good way. That defense is brutal. All caps. Uh, I think Luck will be very good if he's healthy. I think they'll score some points, but it's not going to matter. The division's better than it once was, and that defense is just a killer. They are going to give up a lot of points. On the flip side of things, in Jacksonville, the offense is what you're concerned about. The defense is incredible. They went 10-6 and last year. Of course, we're within a whisker of going to the Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history. Didn't quite get there. This year, Vegas has them pegged at 9. 9 Wins even. Jacksonville, over under. Uh, over. But I think they get to 10. They've got, they're tied for the 25th easiest schedule in the league. So, like, that's to me, or the 25th hardest. So, it makes it a very easy schedule. Which, and that's a big sticking point a lot of people, including the two of us, have said, which is they're playing a first place schedule this year. Things are different, you know. So, I, I I'm going to take the over, but again, it's the Blake Bortles factor. How many games is he going to lose you? And you just you just never know that. And then again, how many times in the history of football have we seen teams where like this is it? They finally arrived, and then next year they take the step back. So I'm going under comfortably. All right, All right. comfortably under. I do not think they're that good. And I and I God, Duvall's been killing me on social <laughs> media, killing me, and rightfully so. I picked him to go two and fourteen last year, and they almost got the Super Bowl. So that goes to show. I hope, you know, somebody out there keeps this podcast. And by all means, you know, email, tweet us. We'll have some fun with it. Um, I didn't see that offense with Bortles being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. And they weren't great, but they did enough. And I I thought the defense would be good. Hill, you hit the nail on the head. You, you thought they'd be a top five defense. I didn't think they'd be quite that good. And they were, they were great. They're mm-hmm. the best defense in football. Right along in Minnesota. Here's the problem I have with Jacksonville. I don't trust Bortles. I still don't trust Bortles. I think that the, I think Jacksonville would have been much better off going out and taking somebody in the draft, being aggressive, going out and getting their own guy. And they didn't, and that's fine. They're you know they're able to do that and stick with it. But here's why I think they're going under. The Giants on the road week one, I think they're losing that game. The Giants are a lot better this year. New England week two, it's at home, but that's a tough game. Week five at Kansas City, that's a tough game. Although I can't wait to see that offense against Jacksonville's defense. That should be something else. Uh, you know, they have Houston twice. They play Philly. They play Pittsburgh. They, they have a lot of games 
that I don't trust them in. Mm-hmm. I just to me here and here's and I'll leave it at this. Their defense was perfectly healthy last year. Perfectly. That typically doesn't happen two years in a row. They remind me much, much, much so of Denver the year they won the Super Bowl a couple mm-hmm. years ago. When the offense stunk, but the, and obviously Manning and Bortles is a difference. But Manning was totally shot at that juncture. They won the Super Bowl off that defense. They came back the following year and they didn't make the playoffs because their defense just couldn't keep up that end of the bargain to that level. So I will go under. Now, we move to a team that neither of us care about, Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> uh, they went 10-6 and six last year in about the oddest way you possibly could. They started out 5-0. They looked like a Super Bowl champion. Then they got to 6-6. Six and six, Then they won their last four. Then they blew a 21-3 lead in the wild card game. Not that I'm still bitter. Eight and a half is the line by Vegas. I think Vegas a little bit uh, perplexed with what to do with this team. A lot of change. Of course, Patrick Mahomes in for Alex Smith. They get rid of Marcus Peters. Kendall Fuller comes into the fold. Eight and a half for the Chiefs. Over or under? Over. Because uh, nine, 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 ten, that seems like a good range for them. It's the same question that I have with a lot of these teams that we don't really know about. Like, what is Patrick Mahomes going to look like? What is Sammy Watkins going to look like? What is that offense going to look like when it comes together? And we don't know. Matt Nagy's not there anymore, which is a big factor. He was a driving force behind a lot of the good things that they did last year. Now he's in Chicago. It's, it's tough. But I, if the Chiefs somehow find a way to lose enough games to where they're eight and eight or they're you know seven and nine or something like that then we're gonna have some problems because this team isn't designed to take a step back this is a team that's in stride and needs to keep moving forward and they're hoping for that and i think that if everything goes right and andy Reid is able to play his cards right nine wins is very very reasonable for this team although uh, defensively i think you're about to go off on a, a I, bob sutton rant here. i'm being honest and this isn't this honestly isn't even because i'm a fan of the team it, I have no idea what to expect of the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The last four years since Reed's been here, I have had a little fun just in a column or even just amongst friends, and I have tried to pick their record. And I have been either dead on or within one game every single year. Mm-hmm. I could see the Chiefs going seven and nine, not even batting an eyelash, and I could see the Chiefs winning eleven or twelve games and just being like, oh, I, I could see that. Here's my rationale, okay? Their first six games are tough. They're at the Chargers, at the Steelers, home to the Niners, at Denver, home to Jacksonville, at New England. If they go even three and three in those games, and I think they can and maybe even should, San Francisco, Jacksonville at home, they can win. Mm-hmm. They could Denver, L.A., they could beat. Their last ten games, home to Cincy, home to Denver, at Cleveland, home Ooh. to the Cardinals, neutral <laughs> site with the Rams, bye week, at the Raiders, home to Baltimore, home to the Chargers, at Seattle, home to Oakland. They could be an average team and win seven or eight of those games. So I don't know. I, I think – here's what I'll say, and I'll leave it at this because I don't want to go on too long. I think Mahomes is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. I really do. And not – again, it's not the fact that I watch every team on film. He just does things that quarterbacks just typically cannot do. I think he's going to throw some picks, but I think it's going to be overwhelmed by the fact that he just makes a ton of big-time plays. Anyone who saw that throw he made to Hill in the preseason – it's preseason. He threw the ball 69 yards in the air and hit him in stride. I have no idea what the defense is going to be. None. I, I don't think it's going to be very good. I think mm-hmm. it has the potential to be average, but it could also be like the 30th ranked unit in the league. I will take the over because Andy Reid always seems to find a way to win 10 mm-hmm. games. I think they'll fight with the Chargers tooth and nail for the division. I think the division will come down to week 15 when they play the Chargers at Arrowhead. Uh, I will take the over 
I wouldn't bet it, but I trust it with Reed, and I'm a big believer in quarter. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Back head coach combinations, and to me, if Mahomes is good, that's a really good one. So I'm taking the over, but I, I'm not doing it with a ton of confidence. I'll devil's, devil's advocate here for a moment, and then we'll, we'll move on to the next one. But you rattled off those, all those teams that they're going to beat at the end of the season, but the Giants, the Bills, the Cowboys, yep. and the Jets all beat them. And we thought that those were going to be wins last year, 100%. which highlights your point. Like Those losses mostly were defensively. Like They could not stop broken Eli Manning and the, the Jets and good God Dak Prescott. Like, and that's to me, highlights your concern, where the offense is, looks like it's going to be great. But the defense really, really scares the lights out of me. Well, and you mentioned, look, last year, though, like, they lost. They gave up nine points to Giants and lost. Like, they, and mm-hmm. that game, offensively, they couldn't score a point. Mm-hmm. Look, I think this is the Chiefs are just going to look radically different, and that's why I can't figure it out with mm-hmm. the Chiefs. I, the, the Mahomes, you went from Alex Smith where, hey, he never throws a pick, but he also never takes a chance. The Mahomes, who is just... Hey, look, it's triple <laughs> coverage, but I think I can fit it into that box the size of a hockey puck. I'm going to throw it in there. Like, it just... It's going to be a wild swing. I think. I think emotionally, you're going to be in for a long season because the <laughs> swings in the off. It's just going to be. He made the worst pick I've ever seen, and then he's going to follow that up by fitting a ball into a space that nobody else in the league can. So we'll move on. But we'll stay in the division, and the segue is perfectly. The Chargers. Chargers are at nine and a half. Last year they went nine and seven. A lot of people love them. A lot of people pick them to go to the Super Bowl. I think we've been able to say that each of the last ten years. The Chargers at nine and a half. Do you take the over? Do you take the under? Over just because I want to believe in the Chargers the way that we kind of believed in them down the stretch last year. Because if it's not going to happen this year for Phillip Rivers, it's, it's never, never going to happen. happen. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because Rivers, you say what you will about him whining all the time, has been one of the most consistently solid quarterbacks of this last decade to the point where we've had conversations where he is above Eli Manning as far as who won that trade, who won taking quarterback from that draft class, Ben Roethlisberger aside. If it doesn't happen this year for, for Phillip Rivers, it's not going to happen. And I know I took the over, and I'm going to say this, which makes it sound like I should take the under, but the injury bug always bites them in the preseason, and it already has. So we're going to see with Anthony Lynn what he can do as a head coach here. But I'm taking the over because I just wanted to see I want to see it happen at least once for Phillip Rivers because this, I think this is the last chance before the window closes. I agree with you. I'll take the over, but I, I basically echo everything you said, so I don't even waste time. The injuries always scare me with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I think Anthony Lynn's a good coach yet or not. I really kind of am wait-and-see mode with him. I love the pass rush. I don't know if they can stop the run. They play the Chiefs in L.A. week one. If they don't win that game, if they lose to the Chiefs week one, who, by the way, they haven't beaten in eight tries, okay? If they lose that game... I would be concerned about my over-under pick because to me, at some point, you got to get over that hump. Mm-hmm. You have to get over the hump. I think the Chiefs and the Chargers are both making the playoffs. The conference isn't good. I think both teams are pretty good. Uh, give me the over and give me what could be the most compelling race uh, in the league. Those two teams, to me, are going to be a lot of fun to watch. They're going to score a lot of points. And that week 15 game in Arrowhead, uh, we're probably planning on going. So I hope it's a really good game. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay, staying in the city of LA, the Rams. They went 11 and 5 last year, lost in the wild card round. They were the Cinderella story, though, of the season. This year, over, under, set at 10. At 10 for the Rams, taking the over, the under. Hmm, under. It's, it's the Jaguars factor here for me. Okay. I just don't know. Okay. It's also the dream team, the, Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles dream team factor, too, where. On paper, that defense looks like it has the chance to be one of the best defenses we've seen in a very long time. It also, with the personalities, has the chance to become an absolute disaster. Now, the the one saving grace there is Wade Phillips running that defense, being able to get those personalities together and keep it under control. That gives me some confidence. But Jared Goff, is he really going to put together back-to-back solid years, especially when he's missing the best coach who's not a head coach right now <laughs> you know my guy so uh yeah, matt, matt lafleur continue to just take up for <laughs> he's not in la anymore and that was a big reason why jared goff did so well last year i want to see what that offense looks like i don't buy it i don't they got into that playoff game against a superior team and they got beat that to me is a bit of a problem now sean mcveigh is a great head coach I'm not taking a hard under here. I'm going maybe like eight and eight, nine and seven. It's, it's not going to be a, the the bottom falls out on them, but don't believe the hype in that the Rams are going to follow up last year by going to the Super Bowl because very rarely have we seen that happen in NFL history. So that's I'm, I'm taking the under, but it's a soft taking of the under. I'll take the over because I think that defense is going to be unbelievable. Everybody's so worried about Goff or anything else. I'm like, I, I'm with you. I'm not a huge Goff guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that offense, but that defense. That defense is nasty. I am going to take the over. I know we're running long, so I'll be short with it. But I do think uh, the Rams win 11 games. I could see a push, but I'll take the over. Miami went 6-10 last year. The line, 6.5 for the Finns. Uh, over or under? I'll be very brief with this. I am taking the under. <laughs> this is Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Adam Gaze, under. There you go. Might be the most anonymous team in the league. Yeah. In a, in a city that does not do well with anonymity. Mm-mm. Well, we were putting together the NFL preview. We had to figure out superheroes for teams, and we couldn't think of anybody. Like, everybody had a superstar player, and the Dolphins were like, Rashad Jennings? Like, I don't know who we're going to do here. Well, like, as it turns out, it's Rashad Jones. Geez, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah right. See, to your point. I don't though. even know. <laughs> and I will say, though, and uh, I look forward to this coming out. I won't, I'll just tease it. I, we had a artist do mm. some illustrations for us, and I think that one is one of the coolest, actually. It is. Despite the fact that— It's going to be the I, highlight of their season. It, it really <laughs> is. They always just show that for each game. Okay, let's get to a really exciting one. Minnesota, 13-3 and three last year. The line, the over-under, 10 for Minnesota. One of the highest in the league, 10 wins. You're going over, you're going under for Kirk Cousins and company. Over. 11 wins because of that defense. It's the, the, what you believe the Rams are going to do on defense and why you're taking the over there versus what they have on offense. I think that the same situation exists in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum, so there's that working for it already. I just don't know if he's the savior that everybody in Minnesota seems to think he's going to be. He's not Randall Cunningham in 1998. He's not even 2002 Dante Culpepper. <laughs> like, let's just relax. Let's see how this goes. That offense still has a lot of question marks, but that defense and Mike Zimmer, the way that he has control over that defense, the way the guys that have bought into that defense, 
I find it very hard to believe that they're going to be losing games because they can't hold a lead. It's going to be the same thing as last year. They just have a more competent quarterback. Get a little bit of a lead and then just smother the team the rest of the way home. So I'm, I'm taking the over here very softly, but I see it happening for Minnesota. Yeah, I agree. I'll take the over as well. I think Minnesota's probably about an 11-win team. I think 13, everybody's going to say, oh, they won 13 last year. Better. Yeah, that's fine. Nobody goes 13 three tiers in all last year in New England. Okay, that's a very good division. They could easily lose three games just within that division. Mm-hmm. So give me the over. I think Minnesota's got a great defense, and I like the offense. Uh, I take it over. I'll take the over again. Um, but I, I'm with you. I don't think it's like a crazy over. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to win 13 or 14 games or something like that. Um, so <sighs> New England Patriots, highest over under in the league. At 11. <sighs> they were 13-3 last year. You taking the over? Yeah, I'm taking the over until I'm proved wrong. Because that division, like That's you're why. playing yeah. Buffalo twice, you're playing the Jets twice, you're playing the Miami, maybe Dolphins twice. Like we don't that's that's to me right there. You've got a nice padded win. It's the same thing when Peyton Manning was going to the, the playoffs every single year with the Colts because they played in terrible division and you just have a guaranteed amount of wins every single year. Until the bottom falls out on New England, I'm going to refuse to believe that they're not just going to find a way to figure it out. Okay, I don't think that they're going to go 14-2. and two. I think that this is a reasonable amount of games to believe that this Patriots team can win because it's Tom Brady and it's Bill Belichick and it's like Jurassic Park. You know, life just finds a way somehow. So, uh, I'll, I'll be very succinct. I'm taking the over because have you seen the AFC East? They're 6-0 right there. Josh Allen okay. twice? But here, I'll leave you with this. They're not going to the Super Bowl this year. Mm. How's that? So I think their roster stinks outside of Brady yeah. wrong. Their roster stinks. And that's a ridiculously odd thing to say about New England. Look at that roster and tell me beyond Brady and Gronk, who the hell scares on that team? Nobody. The Saints, 11 wins last year, 9.5 as the over-under this year. You're going over, you're going under for the fellows down in the bayou. I'm going over. I've seen this across the board, and I don't know why. I looked at it in fantasy projections with Drew Brees being ranked in like the third tier of quarterbacks. For some reason, people are underrating the Saints this year. I don't know if it's because of the Mark Ingram suspension for the first four games. I don't know if it's because they traded up and gave away the entire draft to get Marcus Davenport. Like, I don't know why people are counting them out. Like, the lasting image of their season last year is that missed tackle and the Minneapolis miracle. But that's not how their season went. Like, that tackle gets made. There's a very decent chance that they win the Super Bowl last year. Yes. So, and people are forgetting that for some reason because we're so, we we fetishize that one moment. But this team, a lot of guys are coming back. Sean Payton seemed to figure things out. They adjusted on the fly last year, and I think that they have the tools to do that again. And Drew Brees, again, I'll believe it when I see it, when he can no longer do it. But nothing seems to suggest that he's not going to rally that team and they're going to get back there. So I'm taking the over here. They're going to win that division. Over. Hard over. Uh, we both talked about Saints a lot last year. Both liked them to get the Super Bowl. I think the Saints are loaded. I think along with the Falcons, are got the most complete roster mm-hmm. in the NFC and, and Minnesota as well. Um, no disrespect to Philly, but I, I like those rosters even better. Um, I think the Saints are going to win double digits, no problem. I think they get that done going away. So give me the Saints on the over as well. If I was a betting man, I would bet that line. I think they will go over. The only way I don't think it happens is if Breeze breaks down and gets hurt. Into New York. 
The G-Men, first on the docket. Three wins last year. It was a train wreck. They had Tony Soprano coaching the team. Things went south. Okay, but luckily for them, McAdoo's back down at Satriali's now. And so 7-9 and nine, uh, would be a push this year for the Giants because the line is 7. Over, under, the Giants, 7. Over. Hard over. This is one of my, I, we said it when we were talking about it earlier on the betting, this is one of my sneaky picks of the year because Eli's coming back with a head coach who is established. He can make Case Keenum into something that can lead a team to an, an, an NFC championship game. Those pieces on defense gave up last year. That whole situation was messy with Ben, ben McAdoo. I don't believe that this is a bad team. I think it was a good team that had a bad year. And I know we kind of hated on him earlier on in the podcast with Penn State running backs and stuff like that. But Saquon Barkley has the potential to be a weapon in the same way that Leonard Fournette was and Ezekiel Elliott was in that he's getting added to a team that is already good. If you put a running back like him in that situation where he has Odell Beckham and he has Sterling Shepard on offense and he has these weapons, they upgraded the offensive line. I think that the Giants are a team people are going to sleep on, and we're, all, we're trying to figure out, oh, who's going to be the Rams of this year? Who's going to be the Eagles of this year? Keep an eye on the Giants, because that's a team that might surprise a lot of people, especially if you take the under, because this is a, this is a bet you're taking a hard over on. I'm taking an over. Uh, I'm, I'm a little less bullish on them than you, only because I, I got to see that defense step up again. I, I like the secondary, but the front seven worries me a little bit without Pierre Paul there. Um even though the man only has eight fingers now. Uh, I'm taking the Giants. I think they can win eight or nine games. I think they can be in the conversation with the plus. Here's the one thing that scares me more than anything about the Giants. Okay? And I, I think if you're real with yourself, it's got to scare you too. Uh, if, you're, if you're a fan of them. The Giants schedule, this is how the season starts them for their bye week, which, by the way, smacked that up in the middle of the, the slate. Home to Jacksonville. At Dallas. At Houston. Home to the Saints. At Carolina. Home to Philly. At Atlanta. Home to Washington. Oof. I mean, they could play great and go three and five. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking the over. I think they'll survive it. They have an easy schedule down the stretch. Staying at MetLife Stadium, of course, going alphabetical, the New York Jets, they are seen as a six win over under team. They went five and 11 last year. Do you think the Jets go over or under? Under. I'm, I'm going with the under here, which is a little unfair to Todd Bowles because he's a, he's a good head coach and he really rebounded with that team last year. But the quarterback situation... It is what it is. The defense, it's what, Jamal Adams and nothing else? <laughs> like, they need pieces there. There's this, they have the potential to be a good team in a few years. It's not going to be this year. If you're a Jets fan, get on board now because Darnold might be the real deal. They could trade Bridgewater and get something back. The defense is going to get upgraded. But it's, it's not going to be this year. They're definitely not going to be in the wild card situation that they were in last year. I'm taking the under. Over. Ooh. I think Donald's going to be really good. And I think that defense is better than you think. They, they signed Avery Williamson. They signed Tremaine Johnson. I love Jamal Adams. I think he's a really oh, good yeah. player. Marcus May is a good pick last year, second round out of Florida. Uh, Leonard Williams up front. Darren Lee. The offense doesn't do a ton for me. I think Darnold's really good, but I think that offense will go in, in fits because I just don't know if they have a lot of talent around. The offensive line scares me. Over oh, for two reasons. And that Ross's parents and people recognize and that division is awful. Mm. They could easily sweep Buffalo and Miami. Yeah. I don't think they're a playoff team. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. 
With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. I'm not even going with a hard over. I think they're about a six or seven win team. But in that con- if they were in the if they were in the NFC, I'd pick them to like three and thirteen. But in the AFC, I'd win some games. Oakland. <laughs> that that's my bet. Just a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Six and ten last year. Jack Del Rio gone. John Gruden in a hundred million gone. Khalil Mack maybe gone. The over under is eight on the Raiders. What do you got? Under. It's gonna be. Bad news for, for the Raiders. If it was 2008, they'd have a great team. I'd be picking them to maybe go to the Super Bowl. It's not 2008. It's definitely not 1998. And this is two years that we've heard most well, commonly. Gruden. Yeah, these are the two years we've heard most commonly connected to these teams. And that means they're living in the past. So I'm going with the under. I need to see more from Derek Carr. And also, Carr's a great quarterback. He has the potential to be a middle-of-the-road, you know, average, mid-tier kind of guy. I'll go back to John Gruden has never in his career as a head coach developed a franchise quarterback. And I say that with much pain as a Buccaneers fan watching Bruce Gretkowski try to be like Chris Sims and oh. the corpse of Jeff, Jeff Garcia. Like this is not, this is bad news. And this is how he kind of got this job, which was he's going to, he's going to make Derek, take Derek Carr to the next level. This is how it's going to go. It's not going to go that way. Take the under. You know, like you like to say this a lot, but you know, John Gruden's going to be collecting his paychecks with a ski mask on this year because it's going to be robbery. Yeah, uh, under, hard under, like the hardest under I've given <laughs> to this point, and that's with Mac. If they trade Khalil Mac, oh, you could make that God. under five. You can make that line five, and I would take the under. John Gruden has shown no ability since winning the Super Bowl to win anything. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, I want to Super Bowl. Okay, that's fine. I won it almost 20 years ago. With Tony Dungy's team. Like if, yes. And if Brian Billick came back and was their head coach, who, by the way, won a Super Bowl and had more success than Gruden afterwards, if Brian Billick came back and was the head coach of the Raiders, nobody would care. Nobody. It's because Gruden was on Monday Night Football, and he's Chucky, and he's got this personality. They went out and brought in a million guys off the AARP list, Okay. They're looking to trade Khalil Mack. They're in a division with the Chargers and Chiefs, who, by the way, if they trade Mack, put me down for 50 points a game when the Chiefs and the Chargers play them. Under. Hard. Overwhelming. <laughs> like, to the point I need a new mouse. I, I hit it so hard. I broke the under. Under. U-N-D-E-R for the Raiders. Eagles. Ten and a half. Went 13-3 last year. Hoisted the Lombardi for the first time in franchise history. Do you believe in the Eagles? Ten and a half. Under because I think ten is what they're going to get. So I'll just be saying, yeah, that's it's the same thing. I, I, Carson Wentz don't know what he's going to be like. Peterson's a good head coach as he established last year, but teams are having another off season, have had an off season to figure them out. We don't know what's going on defensively if we can repeat that. A lot of guys were old, a lot of guys are gone. So I'm taking the under, but ten wins under isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm with you. Uh, I won't even comment. That's exactly how I feel. I think ten wins is about where the Eagles are going to end up. Okay, Steelers. 13th week last year, went to the playoffs as a two-seed in the AFC. Could have been a one if not for that controversial call against New England in the regular season. But they lost to Jacksonville for the second time that year at Heinz Field. They got wiped up pretty good, too. But Vegas lost them 
Ten and a half for the Steelers. We talked about it a little bit earlier, so I have a feeling I know where you're going. Yeah, Vegas likes tricking Steelers fans into giving them their money because, you know, this is an under. And this is not a soft under like the Eagles. This is a hard under. This is like 6-10, and 7-9. Oh. You're missing the playoffs under. Because I don't know what that hangover is going to be like from getting just eviscerated by the Jaguars in the playoffs. And eviscerated twice in one season by Blake Bortles and the Jaguars. It takes something out of you. <laughs> what does that do to you? You sit in a dark room after that <laughs> with a bottle of Maker's Mark and you think yeah. about your life. And they play the Jaguars again. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if Mike Tomlin's going to lose that locker room. Guys are getting old. Guys are, you know, Le'Veon Bell... I just I don't know what's going on with that team. I think this is the year that, unfortunately, it all falls out. And we're going to probably be talking about the team come December, the way we were talking about the Cardinals in the last year with uh, Bruce Arians, where it's like, let's try to remember this as the era that it was. It was a good team. It was this, this, and that. But we're talking about them in the past tense while the Ravens win the division with a 9-7 and seven record or something like that. Yeah, I'm going under. Uh, I don't even know that I think they're going to make the playoffs. And I think you and I are on an island because I think everybody else and their mm-hmm. mother thinks they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Look, I could see them easily losing two or three games in that division. Mm-hmm. They play the Chiefs and Chargers at home. I could see them losing one of those games, if not both. I could see them losing to Atlanta. I sure as hell think they're going to lose to the Saints on the road come week 16. They're probably going to lose to New England. They could lose to Jacksonville. Carolina plays them. They have a very hard schedule. Mm-hmm. A very hard schedule. They play the AFC West. They play the AFC South. I don't. I don't see it with the Steelers. I think Roethlisberger started to show a little bit signs of aging last year. Le'Veon Bell for the second straight year skipping all camp. He'll be back, but who knows? And look, nobody's talking about this. Ryan Shazier, yeah, by a mile is the best defensive player on that roster. Like not even an argument. Who else on that roster defensively scares you? Look, I respect that Cam Hayward's a good player. Cam Hayward's a real solid player, and Stephon Tewitt's fine. There's nobody who scares you on that defense. There's nobody who's going to that game. Shazier was that guy. And when they lost Shazier, that defense went in the tank. They couldn't stop anybody after that. They did nothing to replace him. I don't know that I think the Steelers are going 6-10. and 10. I don't think that. But I think the Steelers are probably an 8-win team. Maybe they get to 9. But no way am I picking them to win 11 games. Not with that roster. Not against that schedule. So... Another team's gotten a lot of hype in the final five teams of our list here. The San Francisco 49ers at eight and a half. They went six and ten last year, but they won their last five games. Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, is the main leading cast member on this ensemble. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, a very good up-and-coming head coach. Eight and a half, a lot of hype behind the Niners. What do you think of them? I'll go over on this. And not not a, a tremendous over. I think nine wins gets it done for the, for the 49ers here. Garoppolo is going to show some signs this year of struggle, and that's going to scare a lot of people, but he's shown enough already that we can believe that he's going to be the guy for the future. It's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be a playoff year for the 49ers. I think they're going to get close. I think they're just going to miss it, and we're going to be ending this season talking about, all right, next year, they're the team that everybody's going to be talking about is taking the next the quote-unquote next step to the playoffs much in the same way we were talking about the rams and all these other teams so i don't think it's this year but i think nine wins is reasonable that's a nice step forward because they were probably for a lot of the season the best winless team i've seen in a while they lost a lot of games and last minute field goals and overtime so this team was a lot better than the record showed before they got garoppolo so that was Brian Hoyer, <laughs> 49ers, and they looked all right. Oh, so now CJ I think Beathard 49ers. Oh god, it's yeah. right. So the Thunderdome. Yeah, right. I'm taking the over, but nine wins. Over. Taking the under, but I'm just because I'm taking about seven or eight wins. I think the Niners are good, uh, yeah. but 
Look, the Niners have some issues. The secondary's not good, okay? They still have to get Garoppolo incorporated into this whole thing. That He's in a full offseason, and I like Garoppolo a lot, but he's still going to show it to me. I, mm-hmm. I know everybody already is putting him in the Hall of Fame. Look, the guy starts seven games in his career. And that's great. He's 7-0. I understand all that. But you know who else had a great start to his career? Colin Kaepernick. And take the political stuff out of it. Colin Kaepernick flamed out as a starting quarterback in the NFL after a while. I don't know that I love their supporting cast. George Kittle is a good young tight end. He's hurt. Marquise Goodwin's their only receiver that scares me. Uh, they lost Carlos Hyde. I'm not sure that I'm in love with Jarek McKinnon. I got questions. I'm going under. Uh, I think Arizona's a little better than people think. I think San Francisco's a little bit further away than people think. Give me eight and a half. Seattle staying in that division. Nine and seven last year. But boy, they lost a lot this offseason. Sheldon Richardson, gone. Jimmy Graham, gone. Paul Richardson, gone. Richard Sherman, gone. Cliff Averill, gone. Michael Bennett, gone. Cam Chancellor, gone. Earl Thomas, who the hell knows if he's going to be gone. So, despite all that, Vegas has them at an eight, an eight team on the line. So, eight wins over, under. What do you got? U-N-D-E-R, under for the Seahawks. Because, like you just said, they just, I feel like I should play taps after you read off that list of players that are gone. Wouldn't hurt. Although I will say this is to kind of play devil's advocate here because I don't think that the Seahawks are going to be a good team this year. They're not going to go to the playoffs. But you look at some of these games that they play. The Broncos, the Bears, the Cowboys. They could very easily lose those games. Those could very easily be games they start out 3-0 because Pete Carroll tried some weird crap and it ended up working. And then that's spread throughout the schedule. At Oakland, I could see them winning that game. At Detroit, the Chargers, the Panthers, the 49ers. There's games in there that you could see them maybe get into this 8-8. Eight and eight. So it's it's not as hard of an under as maybe the, the Raiders would be, or in my opinion, the Steelers might be. But I would take the under. This is like a 7-9. and nine. This is some 7-9 BS, to quote the, the always popular Jeff Fisher. Uh, hard under. Recklessly hard under. <laughs> Their offensive line is, is as bad as Houston's, if not worse. I think Russell Wilson's a great player. I think in some circles he's underrated. He is nobody. Doug Baldwin's the only player on that team that he can get the ball to that I have any faith in. Defensively, they're a shell of what they once were. I don't think this team wins more than five games. I think they stink. And that's with acknowledging I always look at the quarterback and head coach, and that's what I go off of, and then I go off everything else after that. And I think they have a great combination there. But that roster is so bad around those two guys. I don't think they get it done. On to your Tampa Bay Bucks. I won't even get into last year. They went five and a lot. Jameis Winston suspended the first three games of the year. Looks like Fitzmagic's going to be uh, riding that magical white horse into town. Six and a half on the line for your Bucks. Taking the over, taking the under. Under. Five and 11 is basically the best case scenario for this team. And you were talking about Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball 60 yards into triple coverage or throwing a pick, a really bad pick, and then turned around by fitting in a beautiful pass into a small window. And you were saying that, and in my head I was like, I don't know a guy like that. I rooted for him the past couple of years. His name's Jameis Winston, and it hasn't gone so well. So you've got the Brett Favre-esque angle to the whole thing, and then you've got Jameis Winston, who can't seem to stop turning the ball over, who can't seem to stop licking his fingers in the huddles when he's amping up his team, who can't seem to stop doing stupid things off the field. This is a bad spot for the Buccaneers. They have a mediocre to less than average head coach and dirt cutter. They have a horrible front office that can't seem to make the right decisions. And they have a quarterback who they should cut at the end of the season, but will probably end up extending for the next five years. This is very, very, the saving grace for Tampa is the defense. 
Mike Smith is going to be, he's going to want out after this year because that is a sinking ship. And he is going to be coaching defensively for a head coach job next year. And he's got the tools to do it. That defensive front, they overhauled it. They've got Jason Pierre-Paul. they got Bo Allen. They've got Vinnie Curry. They've got, you know, uh, Gerald McCoy still there. The linebacking core is very, very good. The secondary is Chris Conti and a bunch of, yeah, whatever. So that scares me a little bit. But the defense, I think, is going to be the saving grace for this team. Offensively, I think it's just going to be a nightmare. And 5-11 and 11 is really, really generous when you look at everything that's going on with that team. The toxicity with that team outside of the X's and O's is something you cannot, you cannot discount. And 5-11 and 11 is very generous. I hate to do it, Hill, but I, I got to go on there with you. Uh, I just... No, join the party. <laughs> I just don't know what's going on with them. I don't know what the deal is defensively in the secondary, especially like you mentioned. And I won't go into it. You summed it up perfectly for your own team. Winston, to me, should be so much better than he is. Mm-hmm. But he just never is. And now he's suspended. Their schedule is brutal to start the year. They, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the first three games are something like the Saints, the Eagles, and the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And you better bet your bottom dollar they're losing to the Browns at home. They're, they're losing to Cleveland at home. Yeah, I hate to say it. They got a brutal division to play in. I just, I don't know. I, I, I will go off on this. Dirk Cutter's going to be the first coach fired. Because mm-hmm. they have a week five bye. I think he's gone. Mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans, 9-7 and seven last year. Vegas, not sure quite what to do with them. 8-8 eight and eight is the line. So do you take the over or the under on eight wins for the boys in Nashville? I am going over. And... Not to continue tooting this horn, but Matt LaFleur. Oh, I, I know this is <laughs> Matt LaFleur and Marcus Mariota. And it, look, last year, Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins and Cooper Cup were very effective in Matt LaFleur's offense. And that had a lot to do with the development of Jared Goff and how he took a step above. And I would say that last year, Marcus Mariota, and even second year Marcus Mariota, was better than what Jared Goff was coming into last year. So he's already working with a a statue that's more form. He's working with clay that's better defined. Corey Davis, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a breakout year for him. Everything we've seen in preseason, it seems like Mariota and Davis have been in sync, so that's really positive. I would say I'm taking the over on this. Matt LaFleur and the defense, Mike Vrabel. You take into consideration that, all the things that he's doing over with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'll be brief because we're at an hour and 15 minutes on this podcast. And so hopefully all of you have uh, a long commute uh, or maybe a road trip that you're looking into. Uh, Eight and eight for me for the Titans. I think it's a little low. I'm going to go over as well. Look, I'm not even getting into Matt LaFleur. He's your your client. Uh, I like Mike Rabel as a head coach. I think Mariota can only be better. And Mm. they won nine games last year. I love their defense, and I don't like the Colts, and I'm not a huge fan of Jacksonville. So somebody's got to win those games. I think Tennessee's going to be a playoff team, uh, and so I will take the over. I don't think it's a crazy over. Maybe maybe you know 10 wins somewhere in there, maybe even nine again, but I, I like the Titans. My biggest question with them is Mariota. He, if, if they can't get him to play better, then I could see it going under. But I, I'm, I'm going to put my faith in Marcus Mariota. And finally, lastly, the Washington Redskins. Seven wins last year, and Vegas puts the line at seven. So, over or under for Mr. Smith going to Washington? Under. Hard under. Oh, hard under. And I'm just going to leave it at that because it's not going to be pretty. That team didn't do anything to improve offensively, and they got Alex Smith, who 
as we've seen with good offenses, like he did with Tyreek Hill and everybody in Kansas City. He's a product of what's around him. He can, and he was only marginally better. Like he was, and he fell off of a cliff in the middle of the season. So under, he doesn't have the weapons that he had in Kansas City. He doesn't even have the weapons he had in San Francisco. And he definitely doesn't have the coaches that he had. No offense to Jay Gruden, because Jay Gruden's actually a decent head coach. coach. But he is right, not. He's not Reed. He's not Harbaugh. Yeah, he's not Harbaugh. He's not Reed. So I'm taking the under on this. Four wins, five wins. That's what I'm seeing for the Redskins. If I could, I'd take a push. Because I, I think they're about a seven-win team. I uh, like them a little more than you do. Because I just think Smith wins games. He was, you know, he figures it out. But the problem is he's, he's capped. He has a ceiling. That's why she's traded him. Uh, I think – and let's be real. Look, I like Alex Smith. But did they get better at quarterback this year? Probably not. They lost Kendall Fuller in that trade to the Chiefs. He's the best cornerback on the team. I, I, I'm going to go under. I'm going to say six wins. I just don't think they're that good. I think the Giants are better. I think Dallas and Washington are fairly even, a different type of team, but they're you know, even. So give me the under. So hopefully we made up for being a few days late on this. Again, we apologize. We just had so much going on here at the Offshore Fan Sided. Um, a few things before we head out. One, our NFL preview is coming out September 4th on Fansided, and I promise you, this isn't even just a plug. You do not want to miss this preview. Mm-hmm. We have put in so much work and time and effort and God knows money. This is going to be something that is really cool. In fact, it was just featured in Sports Illustrated, uh, the kids' edition, uh, because there are some illustrations, some artwork to it. It's got a, a theme that I think everybody's really going to love and get behind. Um, and also, there's some real hard-hitting analysis. We are bringing in some major, major writers uh, alongside Josh and myself to, to head up this, uh, this preview. And again, September 4th, day after Labor Day. So check it out. Uh, thank you to our partners at Fanatics. Uh, of course, you can go to fansided.fanatics.com, get 20% off shipping by using the code FANSIDED, and you can get everything from jerseys to hats. Uh, any, anything you can imagine, uh, you can get it. And if you don't have it, really, what are you doing? You're a fan of your team. Let's show some support. And if you're going to go that route, which you should, check out Fanatics. And finally, please subscribe on iTunes. Check us out there. Uh, you know, make sure that all the latest Stack in the Box podcasts go right to your Apple devices. And check out my column every Monday, which goes up at 6 a.m. Eastern on Fansided. Always a lively debate going on in the comments section there. So please go ahead and check all that out. And of course, lastly, on Tuesdays, we do a video version of Stacking the Box. It's totally different than the audio version. Uh, just a, we're just expanding the vertical further. Uh, we've had a lot of success with it, thanks to people like you who are listening. And so uh, check us out Tuesdays. Follow the Facebook uh, page, the Fanside Facebook page. Tuesdays, 1230 Eastern, we're on for a half hour every single Tuesday. It's Josh and myself, and we are joined by Mark Harmon and Ashley Young. So thank you so much for listening, and enjoy week three of the preseason. And Josh and I will be back in a few days to break it all down, to look forward to one more week of the preseason, and then, unbelievably, week one of the regular season is upon us, Philly hosting Atlanta and all the games that follow. So... Thanks for listening. For Josh, I am Matt Verderam. We will talk to you again next week. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.